Now, I moved out of Wyoming from New York City around 2017. Now, look, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you, man. Uh, I don't know what I was doing in Wyoming, you know. Okay, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell the truth. I was following this girl out there, man. I met this girl, and uh, she was like, yeah, come on out to Wyoming. You know, we got blah, 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 and, and farms, and blah, blah, blah. You can live easy life and we be like a black cowboy and you know so and uh you know this was before the old town road junk came out so i was the original you know i was the original old town road cowboy man little non-sex stole that junk from me man i was riding around wyoming with big old buck belt buckle on big old hat you know i had on some of them, them pointy cowboy boots man you know a little steel on the tip you know, so I was I was for real, man. I was like real ride 'em cowboy, <laughs> and uh, you know. And it's, but I realized, you know, it's kind of hard, like you know, doing uh, hood stuff on a horse. It's made kind of hard to get away. You know? <laughs> but anyway, you know, I, cause I I really went there because I had to get away from it all, man. You know, I used to work on Wall Street, and um. You know, I used to work, I used to work over there with them boys trading that big money, man. I'm gonna tell y'all something. The real, the real hustlers is the ones who work on Wall Street, boy. Yeah, the real boy. Them boys on Wall Street, man. They make more money in in one second than <laughs> than you, man. Most folk making their whole life, man. And then the thing about it is, like they uh they uh, do stuff. And they know it's going to hurt some people, but they're going to do it anyway because all the money they're going to make off of it. To them, it's just part of the game, man. That's a lie they tell themselves to make them feel all right about doing what they're doing. Like, for example, just recently. Now, before the, um, before the corona thing hit, you kept hearing, I kept like, you know, y'all might have heard it too. But I know I heard it because I be listening to a lot of podcasts and satellite radio. And, you know, you get different commercials and stuff on that type of stuff. And I kept hearing these commercials about, um, you know, learn to invest in oil. Now, who and they was naming all the big time business guys like Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner. And they was talking about all these people who made their fortune in oil. And they just name, yeah, invest in oil. It's blah, blah, blah. And it's going to grow. And it's big. And it's the best investment. So I kept hearing this ad, man. I'm like, dang, I ain't never heard that ad before. But I just kept hearing it. Now, there are some people when they heard this ad, they had the money. And they called that number or went on their website. And they saw the different packages they had. The gold package for ten thousand dollars and the platinum package for a hundred thousand dollars and you know they went in there and, and found all that and talked to some customer service guy that was, was all eager and got them signed up. Then Corona hit, so that money you invested in that oil stock went down to pennies to compare to the dollars that you put in. So. All the people that knew the effect that Corona was going to have sold the stock on the industries like gas and oil and, and, uh, and hotels and airports and all that. They sold their stock in these businesses that they knew was going to suffer. So they sold it before it happened. 
So then the, the suckers come who don't know no better. Dang, let me buy this up. They bought, they started buying that stuff up, buying it up. Then a couple of days later, week, whatever later, month, whatever later, that junk ain't worth nothing. So now you, oh my God, I put all my money in this. And now this junk is worth nothing, man. So then the folk who sold it in the first place bad back from you while it's super cheap. And then when the prices do go back up and life get back to normal and it go back up, they come up all over again. <laughs> so it's just a game, man. Them the real hustlers right there, boy. Now, anyway, I had an ulcer from all the stress, man. And, um, you know, that junk, it was driving me crazy, man. Constant pressure and nagging from my ex fiance to get ahead and make more money. I'm already making good money, man. She's still just on me, man. You know, just so she can get a, a, a Gucci, Prada, and all that, man. And it's just the overall hustle and bustle of the big city, man. In general, just, it just drove me bananas, man. So I, you know, I broke it off with her, quit my job, man, left it all behind and went out west. Now, I settled in this small, quiet town. It was called Cottonwood, man. I got a decent little job as a bookkeeper at a little lumber mill by the tracks in the Union Pacific Railroad. And I, you know, made a few new friends. And the girl I was with, you know, she was decent, man. Little country girl, you know. So, uh, you know, at least, really, you know, I ain't have to worry about buying her no bunch of expensive stuff, you know. But she's a little boring sometimes. But, you know, it's better than always asking for some stuff, man. But one of the friends I made was an older guy named Bob. Now, Bob was a uh, man, he about 75 years old, man. He spent all his life in this small town, except for a little three-year stint in the Marines, man, and he lived next door to me. Now, his wife had passed away a few years before, and his son was, you know, one of them big-shot movie producer Hollywood types, man, and he ain't never called and never visited. So I guess he was the reverse for me. I got tired of the big city. And he got tired of the little country, man. Now, um, you know, sometimes I just go over there and sit with Bob, man. And, um, you know, we just sit, man. You know, drink a little beer or something, man. Talk about life. And watch the moon come up, man. Now, you know, but, um, and, uh, you know, just typical old country guy, man. You know, I drink a little beer with him. I really don't like beer, man. I guess... I don't know what the secret to liking beer is. I guess to like beer, you got to start drinking that junk, like, before you're grown, man. <laughs> you got to get introduced to it early, so maybe it stick with you or something, man. I don't I can't figure it out, man. So, But, you know, I'd take a little sip, man, just because, you know, to him, like, if you don't drink a beer, it's disrespectful, man. Now, um... You know, so one night, man, one day, man, you know, during my lunch break, I heard some guys talking about a place called Stoville. Now, I ain't heard, the, you know, I ain't hear the entire conversation, but it piqued my interest, though. So that night I asked Bob about it. And, you know, now while we sat on the porch, I asked, have you ever heard of a town called Stoville? And Bob started looking real uneasy, man. But, you know, he took a little sip of beer, man, and he said that he had. And when I asked him about it, he said, well, it's, uh, it's a ghost town now, you know, but from uh, 1955 to 1970, it was a busy mining town. 
You see, uranium was discovered in the area and during the Cold War and some big conglomerate in Chicago called Stowe Enterprise. They bought up a bunch of the land and started, you know, mining their uranium. They set up a mill to process the, the ore and as well as a uranium uh, field plant and built a town, house all the workers and their families. I sat there, you know, and asked, uh, you know, I, I like talking to Bob, boy, but Bob wants slow talking. <laughs> he wants slow talking man, boy. So I said, so what happened to the town? Bob took a long pause, you know, which was usual, and he went on. In uh, 1978, there was a accident at the, the field plant had a bunch of radiation and other contaminants descended upon the town. As you know, I was a county deputy back in them days. And we got the call from the chief of police in Stouffville about the leak. Said a bunch of uranium hexafluoride was leaking from the plant and covering the town. Now, several deputies and I, we responded and drove, you know, 50 miles out there, you know, as fast as our cruisers could go. Had the red lights flashing, sirens blaring all the way down there. Now, uh, when we got there, state police, uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the EPA, the military, everybody was already there. Managed to contain the contamination, but from what I was told, there were no survivors in Stouffville. The town was left abandoned, and the road leading in and out of the town was blocked off. It was really sad. I sat there staring, you know, blankly, man. You know, just sitting there looking at Bob, and I could tell he was worried about something, so I asked him about it. And he took one last sip of his beer and said, well, there, there is one thing I'm concerned about. I'm like, dang, Bob, gosh, dog, get it out, man. Dang. He still just, <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, well, what you concerned about, Bob? You see, a year after Stouffville was abandoned, I was returning from a call over in a small village called Garrison, not far from here. Now, if you think Cottonwood is small, you should see Garrison. And you can literally see the whole community from end to end. So anyway, I just left Garrison after investigating a report of domestic disturbance. And turns out it was a misunderstanding. A man who lived in a small apartment house was watching an old movie and the volume was up a bit too loud and there was a scene with a man hitting his girlfriend. <laughs> and a neighbor thought that the noise from the TV was the man of the house hitting on his wife. So I was coming back here when I came to the intersection and uh, with Road. He used to go to... Uh, down there to Stouffville, when I saw a car that was turned over on the head. Now, now as I got closer, I saw a man in a, in a 
And one of them hazmat suits there just laying on the road. I stopped my patrol car and went over to the man. Now, after I saw he was still alive, I radioed in for an ambulance. Now, while we were waiting, the man managed to tell me he was with the government. They had been part of a team sent to do some tests on the radioactivity in Stovia. Now, when he and his team were attacked by the people of the town, and he was the only one that got away. Now, I told him that this was impossible because everybody in Stoville died in the uranium hexafluoride leak. But he said that that wasn't true. The people were alive, but were now mutant zombies with a taste for human flesh. Now, he died just before the ambulance arrived. But before he did, he said, stay away from Stoville. Allow me to take a quick break for the sponsors. Then we're going to get right back to it. Now, I had to get back to the office, but several deputies went to check out the town. But only one of them came back. And when he did, that man had gone completely insane. He rambled on about how the people were monsters and that the other deputies would turn apart like old rag dolls before dropping dead right in front of them. Now when Bob finished, he looked over at the full moon and said, what those guys at your work were probably talking about was that radioactivity in Stoville had finally dissipated and that it was now safe to visit. Now I read about it myself in a morning paper and he looked over at me and he said, if I were you, I'd not go anywhere, anywhere near Stoville just to be safe. And with that, he finished his bed and bid me a good night and went into the house. I'm like, dang, man, this guy, see. Now me, I'm one of those people who, when you told not to do something or not go anywhere, I just gotta go do it. I guess that's that. That's that city boy in me, man. But once my mind made up, my mind made up, boy. The next day I had to go off and, and uh, so after some Googling of Stoville and getting directions and all that, I drove out there just, you know, uh, just uh, to check it out, man. So I drove till I came to this concrete barrier in the road. And I pulled over and after a little bit of walking, I found my way in and started exploring the place. Now, I tell you, the place was creepy. The buildings were there and a few rusty cars lined the street. And I walked down would have been the main street looking in all the windows and stuff. And I tell you, this place was frozen in time, man. I walked past a movie theater and on the side was the words now showing Chisholm with John Wayne. Now, I don't know about no Chisholm and stuff, but I know John Wayne from way back, man. When that old cowboy guy. Now, there was even a poster for the movie outside. And I took out my phone and started taking photos. And I was like, man, wait till the guys at work see these, boy. Yeah, I'm going to be the man at work tomorrow. I'm, you know, they already be crowded around me because I be talking about the city and stuff with them. 
You know, so they like to hear all them stories and stuff, you know, and I be, I be capping, boy, I be capping hard, boy, I be breaking up all kind of stuff, but them old country boys just be looking at me like I'm just, you know, like I'm, uh, you know, just telling them secret stories from, from the hood or something, man. Now, I tried getting into some of the buildings to get some, you know, pics from the inside, but all the doors was locked except for one door to a grocery store. Now inside was shelves full of food, man. You know, and of course the junk had been expired, man. Boxes of cereal I never heard of, cans of soup, you know, stale loaves of bread that turned into like rock, man. And it was it was crazy, man. It was crazy just seeing all this old stuff, man. And it's also crazy that all this food is still like a thing man like you can't eat it but at the same time it is still alive like after all this time shouldn't food just turn into nothing by all this time but anyway I had just made my way to the back and was taking a picture of a display of boxes for Kraft macaroni and cheese with a sign that said two boxes for a dollar now, when the door to the back opened, I t- looked over and screamed in horror, man. Oh, sh- what? Man, a man, or, or what, bro, what used to be a man, man. He stepped out of that door. Now, the man head was, that man head was jacked up, boy. That junk was shaped so bad. You know, it was like you took some clay, man, and just poked dents in the clay, man. And one eye was normal size, but the other eye was big as a baseball, man. And his skin was this pink red color, man. And and he was and bro, look, he was so fat, man. This guy had to be at least eight hundred pounds, man. Like he was so fat, it was like a big. He was like a big circle, man. Just imagine a big old circle, big meat circle, man. And that still ain't the freakiest part, man. The guy had three arms. Two on the right side, one on the left side. And he let out this shriek, man. Man. As soon, man, look. I ran right out the store, man. As soon as I got out the door, all the other doors started opening up, man. All kinds of mutants, man. They come out, man. They all had different color skin. Some were like bluish. Some were this yellowish green. Some had a brown, orange type color. They had extra limbs. All these other deformities. Uh, one lady with a gray purple skin and two heads, man. But one of the heads was dead. It wasn't like alive or did nothing you know one head was alive the other head was just like a a dead paralyzed head or something man and i'm busting through the streets trying to get away but more and more of them coming out man like everywhere every turn i made more of them man now i soon you know found myself in like this residential neighborhood and i saw this old pickup truck parked in front of a house with the key still in the ignition man now I jumped in, started fiddling with the keys, man, and, 
And you know, I'm praying to God, man. God, please let me get out of this, man. I promise i never come back here again, man. Just please let me out of this, Lord. I'm sorry for all of the, the people who money is life savings I took on Wall Street and, and invested in in, in in cereal companies and all the stupid stuff, man, and, and all the bad deals I made just so I can come up. Lord, I promise you, you just let me out of this. I, I try to pay them. I pay them people back myself, Lord. Please let me out of this. Now, just as the engine started to turn over, I let out loud. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Stepped on that gas, man. I started driving fast as I could, man. I'm mowing down as many mutants as possible, man. I'm just knocking them down, boy. And juice, juice flying everywhere, man. They blood was thick and nasty, too, boy. I could smell it, man. It's just coming through the, through the, the creases in the car or something, man. And I'm still moving, man. And I, I'm moving, I'm moving. I made it back to my own car. I got in my car, man, and I drove fast as I could, man. And I kept my word to God, man. Well, I tried to, at least, you know. I'm, I'm still working on it now, Lord. You know, when I get my taxes back, I, I'll try to straighten out some more of them people. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it, Lord, please. Yeah. But uh, I ain't never go back, man. And uh, when I got to church that Sunday, man, I put some money in the plate, man. You know, usually, you know, I'm so greedy, man, I just touch the plate. Just tap it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes I put my hand over it like I drop something in there, and I just... I learned that one from grandma, man. Boy, my grandma was so tight with money. My grandma wasn't... She used to... Ooh, my grandma was so tight with money, boy. Yeah, every time the plate go by, she just reached by and tap it. I'd be like, Grandma, you ain't put nothing in. Pow! Shut up, boy. I know I ain't put nothing in that plate. My grandma, you know, <laughs> oh, my grandpa, but anyway, and, um, and I just had to thank God, man, I'm still alive, because um, I don't know who pickup truck that was, but I know it didn't belong to none of the mutants. It must have been somebody went to go, you know, go by there and left their uh, thing, man, and I ain't get to tell, you know, I showed my co-workers, you know, I know, they saw some pictures that I'd been to the town, but um, I told them, don't go, don't go, 